Welcome to the GigTube Podcast, hosted by Chad Polenz, a full-time gig economist since 2018. Each week, Chad talks to a fellow gig worker, content creator, or an industry insider to dig deep into the world of the gig economy. Let's see what they discover this week. Hey, everybody. Chad, gig economist here with another interview with a gig tuber, as I'm calling them. Today, I'm talking to Tanner Markley. How you doing, man? Good. How you doing? Gig tuber. I like that name. Yeah. Did I say your name right? Yeah, Tanner Markley. Cool. So you're out in uh, Vegas, or you're in, well, you're not in Vegas right now, but that's where you live. Yeah, from Vegas, but currently in Reno, Nevada, doing a circus show called Viva Le Cirque at the Grand Sierra Resort in Reno. Cool. Yeah, I, I, it's weird because I found your channel through, you know, it's like obviously I follow as, or try to follow as many people who make YouTube videos about DoorDash. Instacart, Grubhub, Uber Eats, just, you know, the gig economy type jobs in general. And, and your channel came up. I actually have it right here. And um, you have a, three videos here that have over 100,000 views, Postmates cheat codes, and then two DoorDash cheat codes. Um, but you also do like, um, you're like a kind of like an X Games type athlete or something. Yeah, basically. So I start like... I basically made a career off of uh, freestyle scooter riding. So as silly as that sounds, I won a really big competition. Back, the first competition I ever entered when I was like, I think it was 14 or 15 years old back in 2005. And uh, basically that kind of catapulted my whole career. And from then on, I just started competing more and more. Eventually got sponsored by Razor and then Razor basically paid me to travel around the world for like eight to 10 years or so and go to competitions mm -hmm. and shows. I got more on the business side of things, um, started kind of like putting together all the events and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, all while I was also performing like summer shows for this company called All Wheel Sports, which was uh, we were like semi-finalists on America's Got Talent back in 2012. And mm -hmm. uh, basically... Uh, I got into the gig stuff because I had always performed in the summers and coming back, it was like kind of scrambled to find a job or something like that. And I kept, I, I worked for Razor for a few years in the corporate and eventually after continuously asking like, Hey, can I leave for the summer to go do these shows? Mm -hmm. Like it was kind of non-negotiable. I was going to leave no matter what to the shows. It's just like the funnest thing in the world and it pays really well. And I just kept coming back. I'm like, oh, crap. Now I need to find a job, you know? And then Razor eventually after the third year was like, yeah, you can't just come back. And then uh, basically I moved to Las Vegas to start my own show. And I knew that if I didn't put all of my resources and time into my company, meanwhile, I was also starting a footwear company as well. I knew that like I needed some kind of job that would be lucrative enough to like, t like make enough money to get by, but also still spend all my time on my businesses. And my friend was like, why don't you do Postmates? I was like, what? Postmates? I didn't, I've never even heard of that before. I had no idea. This was like 2017. So I think it was only Postmates around at the time. And yeah, I started doing Postmates and then, I had started a YouTube channel probably like two years prior to that. And it was all extreme sports, like 
super nice cinematography. Like I spent eight hours every day editing videos and none of them did well at all. Like the channel just never did anything. And I was like, I'm going to film. One day I was looking up on Postmates. I was like, how do you make more money on Postmates? Because I was barely making enough money to get by. And there was nothing. There was no tutorials, no tips. This is before anyone had done any Postmates videos. And I put up Postmates cheat codes and like totally forgot about it. And like four months later, I get like a notification from YouTube like, hey, you have uh, money that you can collect. And I was like, what? I look back in this video, Postmates cheat codes, like literally the last thing in the world I would have ever expected to blow up has like 60,000 views at the time. And I was like, this video is paying me like almost $200 a month. And before this, I had never even cracked $2 a month. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like you uploaded it February 25th, 2018. It's at 188,000 views right now. Yeah. I remember, because I've been on YouTube since like, basically day one and then i remember like back in the real early days like around like 2008 2010 or so it would actually give you a breakdown and they still sort of do like in the analytics it would tell you like where all your views came from especially on these evergreen videos like but it went into like more detail like now it's just like you know 25 percent facebook 30 percent search traffic or something like that like do you do you know or where do you think all these views came from? Just people Googling how to make money uh, on key terms. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really tech savvy when it comes to like key terming stuff and like the whole search engine optimization. I did that when I worked for Razor. So kind of carried it over to my YouTube channel. And if you read my descriptions and like the titles and stuff, they are just <laughs> bullshit yeah. titles. It has like the normal title and then it'll say money tips, DoorDash driver, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And because of the way I key term stuff, most of my traffic comes from Google search. As crazy as that sounds, not even my subscribers. I think only uh, 10% of my views come from my subscribers. Yeah. That might be like kind of like the evergreen views because like I, I noticed you post a video like almost every day or sometimes twice a day. I, I would imagine like, the, like the, the, yeah. those current vlogs, like as I usually call them, like that's probably mostly you know, loyal subscribers, uh, that traffic there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I almost think that I post too much because I feel like the videos compete with themselves. Um, so I've been trying to slow down and focus more on quality. I was going to do a video every single year or every single day this year. And I was doing two to three at some, at some point. But, uh, now that I'm in Vegas and I'm like performing and it take like the show takes up the majority of my time. So yeah. I have much less time to do YouTube and I'm not door dashing currently. Uh, like I tried, but <laughs> I sat in the parking lot the other day. I, I started the daily dash as I call it. Yeah. And I just sat there for like 20 to 30 minutes, just declining orders. And I was like, man, DoorDash knows that like, I'm not, I don't know. I think DoorDash is mad at me. Basically. <laughs> they just gave me all crap orders. Yeah. It was like I feel, nothing I feel better like that than 50 too. cents a mile. I think, yeah, I, I, well, after getting that notification about the, uh, top or top dashers thing the other day, mm -hmm. it was like, someone said that like, they're going to start giving people with lower acceptance rate, the worst orders. I don't know how true that is, but 
I know that I've been getting some really, I think I'm sitting at like 5% right now, acceptance rate, just because I've just been declining or I haven't done a single order in the last like two weeks since I got to this uh, casino in Reno. Mm. And basically, yeah, I don't know. I'm just sitting around waiting for Mm. uh, a unicorn to pop up. And I do have that, uh, the uh, Para subscription. Yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about that on your channel or not, but I was I was gonna to get to that eventually. So, um, Para, what he's talking about, in case the viewer isn't familiar, it's well, I mean, it's an app that had been around for a while, and is actually an app. I had like the same idea for the app because it's basically a financial tracker for people like us, like show like where all your money's coming from, as far as you know, like Uber Eats or Instacart or Postmates or whatever. Um, yeah, I think you can track like miles and expenses and stuff on it. With, yeah, yeah, you know. it uh, that's how it started off. You can uh, track your mile. I've been working with them since they basically like, started it, I think, probably around like four months or so. But I didn't talk, I told them I wasn't going to talk about it on the channel until they had enough, like, until it wasn't just like a tester app, you know, until it's like serious. And then yeah. once they came out with the text message subscription service, and like I started getting texts about like what the orders were actually paying i was like oh this is awesome <laughs> like it, it made no sense i was sitting there i've been trying to figure out for weeks what doordash is like what they do to calculate why they're going to give you a specific number you know i know that it, if it's more than two dollars a mile then they'll stop but you don't know if there's going to be a twenty dollar tip or a five dollar tip on top of that you just know yeah. there's probably a post tip well, you can kind of tell based on how big the order is um, and also like the restaurant, um, especially like if you see like a lot high item count and then, uh, well, you can't see the subtotal until you accept the order. But then like if the subtotal I think is 25 or $30 or more, then you're probably going to get mm-hmm. a little extra on the, the tip there. I think that the biggest I ever got was I did a pizza order once and it was crossing zones and it was going out like into the boonies you know in the farmland here um because it came in at like 12 dollars, and it was probably about a 10 mile run i think at the time it was like just so dead and i was like okay 12 mile or 12 bucks that's pretty good and um you know get to the restaurant it's like it's like the fanciest pizza place in town and then uh i look at it like it says subtotal like it was like 50 or 60 bucks and it was only like it was like two pizzas and like garlic knots and stuff you know stuff like a family would order and i make the delivery and it turned out to be like 25 bucks or something. I was like, oh, sweet. This was definitely worth it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, well, the the consensus seems to be among drivers that the reason that they hide those big payouts is just to discourage drivers from cherry picking orders. But yeah, we, we already do that anyway. So it's like, what's the point? You might as well show the full amount. No, I don't like it. Because for me, it's like, I always relate things to the way I pay my acrobats that I hire and stuff or people Uh that work for me. Um, If I was to like the going rate for an acrobat is $200 a day. Like that's pretty standard. You're going to make around $200 a day unless you're doing multiple acts. Right. Um, So if I told my acrobats like, Hey, I'm like, I I got, you guys have to do these $75 per day orders, you know, a $3 order, I consider $7 to be like the theory minimum, you know? So it's less than half these $3 orders. 
And DoorDash is trying to tell me that I should take these like orders that are $3. That would be like me telling my acrobats, Hey, I need you guys to do these shows for $75. Mm-hmm. Eventually we're going to get an order that's, or a show that's like three to $400, but I'm not going to tell you when I'm just going to, it's going to be $75 and you'll be surprised at the end, you know? But if you don't do these orders, then I'm going to keep giving you crap. (laughs) Yeah. So for for me, that's just like, that's just be, I don't know. I like the, I liked DoorDash because they're full transparency and now I'm starting to not like it because they're hiding these orders and, the yeah, whole top dash thing's kind of a scam. Oh yeah, I feel bad totally. for people too. Like I see people in my comment section saying, "Oh, I take all these three dollar orders. I've got an eighty percent acceptance rate." I'm like, I don't know how that's. Yeah, I don't know. They're, don't they're, people they're start fooled. to realize either you're they're lying, your time? either they're lying or they're just fools. Like I, I don't see any other option because like tap yeah. top dasher, like pre COVID, it was actually kind of worth it because. Pre-COVID, I mean, at least in my area, I can't speak for your area, but pre-COVID, DoorDash wasn't quite as popping as it is now. Um, no, and, it's and hard COVID to hit, it for sure. Yeah, because I used to have to schedule my hours a week in advance. Me too. And just because like, there was no guarantee that you could turn the app on and you would be able to start working. In fact, even like right now, it's gray, which is weird because it's Friday afternoon. But you know, in, in like a few hours, it'll turn red. Um, but anyway, so like I actually was top dasher for a while and it was totally worth it just to be able to just turn the app on and off, especially if you multi-app like I do, because like Instacart is my main bread and butter, but then if yeah. it's slow, I'll turn on DoorDash and Uber Eats and just to, you know, f- f- kill time, you know, cause if you're just sitting around, you're not making money. Um, yeah. is DoorDash the only app you do or do you do Uber Eats or Grubhub or Instacart or anything like that? Um, I, I have tried to get on a Grubhub and, uh, Uber eats. Uh, I used to do actual Uber when it first came out in like 2014 or so. Yeah. I, someone peeked in my car and I was like, Nope, I'm done with this. (laughs) And, uh, it was good. It was good money, but I would always, I lived in LA at the time and I would always end up in downtown LA by the end of the night. And I was just like, I don't want to drive around here. Like, yeah. Like I don't even like to go out to like clubs and stuff and I'm just picking up people from clubs. I'm like, uh, this isn't fun. But anyways, no, I don't have uh any of the other ones. I actually got a like a, a reckless driving ticket back in two thousand and fifteen. It was for the dumbest thing ever and it's still on my record for mm-hmm. like I I was turning left in a parking lot and I didn't turn my turn signal on. And uh, was it, so, it was ridiculous. A cop followed us from the bar, and I had I had one drink, and I blew exactly the legal limit, mm-hmm. and uh, got a DUI, and it got reduced to a reckless driving ticket, which I didn't know at the time was going to cause me so many problems, or I would have paid my lawyer the extra like thousand dollars or whatever to actually fight it and get it taken off because there were so right. many things that the cop did wrong, and it was a bullshit ticket for sure. Uh, Anyways, but it affected my record and uh, Grubhub and Uber Eats won't hire me. And well, DoorDash even deactivated me at one point because of that. And then it it's off my record now because it's been okay. five years. That's uh, but, yeah. Are you, well, you started out with Postmates, but now Postmates and Uber Eats, like Uber bought Postmates. So if you're still on with Postmates, unless you got deactivated, 
like you should be able to just go right into uber eats right yeah i don't know i actually haven't done postmates in like a year probably uh, mm-hmm. I think last year I made like $70 total and this year I'm pretty sure I only did it one day for a video Yeah, and I'm never doing it again. <laughs> it's just so bad that they don't tell you the amount up front. It's too risky for me yeah. and my car doesn't exactly get good gas mileage. It's a big Ford Explorer and it costs a lot of money. So it devalues itself just as quickly as I make money if I'm not getting the, like good orders what's your like your mpgs on that uh 16 to 20 or so oh well yeah see i drive a Honda fit and i get like on a bad cycle i get like at least 30 miles in the island. yeah i think i'm gonna trade in my car though while i'm up here in reno because it's just sitting in the parking lot like not doing anything i never really leave this casino and mm-hmm. Now with people not being able to fill up their gas, I'm like, that's crazy. And I've been that. kind of looking for an excuse to get the Model Y. So yeah, I was gonna say, has the gas shortage? Because I think it's mostly like a, a East Coast Southeast thing. The the you heard about the ransomware hack on the pipeline. Um, yeah, has that affected you guys? Or, no, all out there. I don't know. I haven't left this casino in like. A week and a half basically so i don't actually need <laughs> but you're then again like I, well i don't know nevada is not california so i don't know how what the taxes are there compared to california but i know like regular like not, gas not in california, california is like four bucks or something a gallon yeah it's probably three three seventy nine here oh well yeah yeah, I got gas the other day when we went to Tahoe, and it was pretty expensive. It yeah. cost me like sixty-five dollars to fill up my car. I was Ooh. I was just out working this morning, and we're still under three dollars a gallon, or like two eighty-three or so. Um, of course, if you use Gas Buddy and get upside, that really helps um, with the gas cost. But anyway, yeah. I kind of wanted to uh, uh, go back to the beginning because, uh, like you know, like you started your channel like to and I'm, you know, I'm looking at it right now and you still, you still have a lot of these videos about like skaters and, uh, um, you know, just like, I don't know, I just call it X games type stuff. Um, uh, like it's how old were you when is. you, when you got into that and like, how old were you when you were able to like make a living doing that? Um, so I always liked going to the skate park. I probably started it around when I was like 10 years old. Well, no, earlier than that, I was probably going to the skate park at like seven or so. Uh, I used to skateboard and rollerblade, and you were never allowed to ride bikes in the skate park, so I never got into BMX. And then scooters came out in 2000 when Razor had that big boom, and everyone had a Razor scooter. And I, being the like extreme sports guy, like picked up, and I was like, oh, you could do tricks on this thing. <laughs> and... So I had actually like dabbled with the scooter for like a few, probably four or five years. And then MySpace came out and that's when I discovered that there was other people that actually took like the scooter stuff pretty serious. And I was like, whoa, like rollerblading just got booted out of the X Games. I'm going to try this scooter stuff. So um, I probably started making around 25 to 30 grand a year when I was 19 years old. Oh, wow. 
before that it was pretty like how do you I did, how do you like, make money? commercials for razor but uh, how do you make so a living doing that? like mm, so i started doing like the razor commercials when i was like 15 or 16 um basically if you look at if you see any of the razor commercials on tv or anything there's mm-hmm. usually one guy who's way bigger than the kids and that's usually me <laughs> <laughs> so so and the, i'm the guy that they'll pay to like do all the like hard tricks and stuff. They'll throw in like a backflip on a scooter or something like that. And that's usually me. Uh, Is there a video of that on your channel? It's not on my channel. It's on Razor channel. If you type oh, in yeah. like, what's the recent scooter? Razor Spark Scooter. Uh-huh. Uh, that is, there's definitely the newest one. We shot it probably like a year or two ago. Uh, I basically did a backflip off this ramp that was, extremely deadly on a, a scooter that would basically break every time you jumped on it uh-huh. so and it was in a warehouse with all these like lights going all crazy and stuff but yeah so basically i started doing the razor commercials at like 15 or 16 and it eventually turned into me doing mostly shows when all wheels all wheel sports picked me up at like 19 or so mm-hmm. and razor was kind of just like they would like pay me 200 bucks to go film a video at the skate park for the day. So that was like, I don't know, probably like five to 10 grand a year on average was the razor videos. And then the razor commercials were usually like $800 a day for, I don't know. We probably did like three or three a year. Or so, so it wasn't like very much money. Mm-hmm. And then the, the shows we would usually walk home with like 20 grand or so for the summer. So making around thirty, probably like 25 to $30,000 at like wow. 19. How old are you now? 30. Oh, okay. Have you ever had like a regular uh, desk job or retail? Oh, or time. I had, I, like I said before, um, during, so I worked for, let's see, my first job, I worked for Hollister. Mm-hmm. absolute worst employee anyone could have ever hired at 16 years old for Hollister. I used to, I realized at Hollister that they didn't know who I was. Like they had so many people, they didn't know who anyone was basically. So eventually being a dumbass irresponsible kid, I would just log in and then leave and then come back and log out. And they didn't catch on for like two weeks. And eventually I was like, oh, okay, I'm just not going to come back here anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, horrible. <laughs> I don't know if I would ever hire myself at 16 years old, but uh, then I worked for a grocery store. I worked at Jamba Juice. I worked at BJ's for like three years, but again, every year I would cut, I would leave for the summer and go do shows, and then I would come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I worked for Razor for three years in the actual like cubicles and stuff that they have. Which was weird though, because my job was go make viral videos, which meant I couldn't sit at the desk. So it was really weird. The HR person was always pissed at uh, my boss for basically letting me go out and like film videos of us, right? Like drifting go karts over handrails and like doing all kinds of super dangerous stuff while I was supposed to be at work. So it's right. just a really weird job. They were like, yeah, we need you to do this stuff, but wear a helmet and don't let there be cars in the background and stuff. Yeah. But eventually so, I couldn't work at the cubicle anymore. I started my own business and moved to Vegas. Yeah. It's 
because when I found your channel, like I thought it was kind of weird because like I was watching, you know, your DoorDash content. But then like I, like every video opens like with a montage of you doing scooter stuff. And I'm like, what does one have to do with the other? I don't get it. And it, it took me a while to be yeah. like, oh, that's him in the video. And yeah. uh, like I just, you know, because I don't watch, you know, I very rarely watch somebody's channel in order. And it's like you kind of have to put the pieces together and be like oh okay so yeah because like you mention it in passing all the time like when you're doing shows and things like that um but i think a lot of viewers would probably have like the same kind of head scratching moment be like this guy you know he's a circus performer or x games athlete or whatever like does he really need to do doordash or do you just do it did you like kill time or you know also or just to like have something to make videos about uh, yeah. So here's my whole philosophy. I wanted to, when I first started my business, I didn't want to take any money out of that. And mm -hmm. so I've been taking all of my, basically the money I make performing in shows and investing it into my own show company. Mm -hmm. uh, that took a while to be probably like a year or so to become profitable. That one was pretty quick, but basically what my whole philosophy was, was make $70 a day driving and that was the money that i would live off of and i would not touch anything else and that would go straight into my businesses so uh i've made pretty good money doing that kind of stuff and it's just i don't know i mm -hmm. cycle it into our footwear company or the, the stunt show and yeah. i don't know my my plan is to sell off access for a 100 million dollars mm -hmm. in 2030 so until then i'm going to continue to live off like DoorDash and like very, mm. I don't know. I, I like to not, I like to try to stay under $2,000, you know, keep all my bills under $2,000 a month and everything yeah. on top of that. Uh, I try to just invest it into my business and stuff. I'm not really into like stocks or I, I have a lot of UFC stock, but that's about it. Um, and like crypto or anything, I like to invest in myself where I can trust my own money and like know that it's ultimately up to me yeah. to make that stock go up, you know, rather than invest think, in other people's stuff. Yeah. When it comes to crypto, like Bitcoin's like really the only one worth buying because uh, it's the only one that's decentralized. All, most of the other ones are, you know, they can be cut off at any point. But yeah. anyway, oh yeah. So you just mentioned your sneaker company. So is it like, um, were they actually making sneakers or is it... <laughs> So are yeah, you making so, sneakers or are you like reselling yeah. stuff on eBay or? No, we make them. I designed this. And is it just yeah, so, uh, in Vegas for sale or on? Uh, you buy them online on okay. uh, offaxisacrobatics.com. Uh, yeah, I designed this shoe. Uh, it's pretty how, basic how, design, how does, to be How honest, does one but... go about designing a sneaker? <laughs> I don't even know how I got into this. I designed it on Photoshop. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah. Um, basically what I, my original model, the, it was called the off axis ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, basically I took my two favorite shoes, which at the time were these ASICs wrestling shoes and high top Osiris's. And basically I just like put them together and then I just like changed the lines around a little bit. It looked like, I wish I kept that image because <laughs> I, and then I was like, probably like on the, eighth page of google like trying to find chinese manufacturer or like india manufacturer for shoes and 
eventually I found someone and I was like, can you make this? And I sent them this freaking crappy like picture mm -hmm. of like two molded shoes together with like lines everywhere. Yeah. And they were like, uh, we'll see what we could do. And they sent it back. And then like, I was like, wow, that actually looks pretty good. You know? Um, so that's how I got into it. And like, I just knew that I wanted to have a business that was entertainment, but I never like, I'm not certain that I want to have an entertainment business because of the liability of like having people do extremely dangerous stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I, I like go back and forth on if I actually want to like have like a Cirque du Soleil or something, you know, versus rather like I'd rather sell products or something and right. kind of dabble with that stuff. I don't if know. Those sneakers take off. I think you could make more money selling that to Nike or Reebok or then that's the goal. Yeah. Um, like right now it's, it's bringing in pretty good money ever since we signed this UFC fighter, Tony Ferguson, who actually mm -hmm. fights tomorrow. Um, once we signed Tony, it like, it went from like being like, I couldn't find anyone to invest in my company to like, yeah. Now everyone wants to invest in the company. And like, now I'm like, well, this is all I ever wanted was people to like buy percentages off my company. And now it's like, uh, I'm going to hold on to like my percentage for a while, you know? Yeah. What, uh, um, so are those specifically like for like, uh, exports or are they more like basketball? Radix, yeah. So, uh, they're good for MMA training, mm -hmm. like wrestling, kickboxing, that kind of stuff. We use them for that. Um, we use them in the shows that we perform. So I, in the show that I'm doing now, I do two acts. One is a trampoline wall, which is when you set up a trampoline next to a big wall and you yeah. run up the wall and you do flips and stuff. Uh, these are extremely grippy. So you like, as you're running up a wall, you don't slip. Yeah. So this is a very soft rubber material that sticks to everything. They're super grippy. And it's also extremely lightweight. I call them the ninjas. Uh, you're, it's, it's so minimalist. It's basically like when you're doing extreme sports stuff, you actually want to be barefoot so you can like feel the ground and like your foot can curl around a railing if you're standing on one or something. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to explain, but if you see like the show that we do, mm -hmm. it's like, oh yeah, you guys need some serious shoes that stick to the wall. And I realized that all of the acrobats back when I started this company, the reason I started was because when I got into the acrobatic stuff, I was like, wait, everyone's wearing wrestling shoes. Mm -hmm. Why does no one make a footwear company that's based around like acrobatics? So that's, I started it and for a while it, we were struggling, but now we're making pretty good sales. Cool. Are, are, are those shoes like, can you wear them just to walk around or is it kind of impractical for that? It's the only shoe that I wear all day, every day. Clubs or wherever we're going, I'm only wearing these shoes. Uh, I'm a big believer that you need to be barefoot all the time because it strengthens your feet. And I mean, like I used to have foot problems because I basically wore like skate shoes my whole entire life. And as soon as I started wearing barefoot shoes, because these are barefoot, you know, like you can roll this whole entire shoe up. There's nothing in there. It's basically just your foot with grip. Um, once you can like get the full range of motion in your foot, like your foot, I wish I had a before and after, but my foot totally transformed from being like flat footed to like, now it's like curled up and like much more muscular because it's getting its full range of motion all day, every day. 
Do you and I can jump so much higher? Are you a runner at all, or have you ever tried no, to like run never. with those shoes? <laughs> yeah, I do, but no, I don't run more than a mile. Okay, yeah, sure. I I used to run, um, back when I lived in New York, and then I moved to Florida a few years ago, and unless you get up at like three in the morning, like it's usually too hot to run outside. So I do, I yeah. do more like just weightlifting now. Um, and I do, um, I have like the beach body on demand, which it's like beach body's own Netflix where you can watch like all their, their workout videos. So like you just pay one flat fee. And, uh, I don't know if you ever seen any of my videos, like sometimes you see my apartment and I have, um, I have like those, um, the Bowflex select tech dumbbells where you just dial what weight you want. And I have, nice. um, I got on uh, the probably the best thing I ever bought on Craigslist is somebody um, the, like old lady. I don't think she knew what she had. It was a stack of the med balls from 15 to four. Mm-hmm. And those things are usually like super expensive with the rack. And she only wanted like 80 bucks for all the balls in the rack. And like normally that'd be like 500 bucks maybe. Um, yeah. And I have a bunch of bands, you know, it sucks. The apartment I'm in now is I can't put a chin up bar anywhere. So for the last three years, I've just been doing the the bands whenever I have to do a chin, you know a chin up or a pull up or whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, what's what's like the most dangerous stunt you've ever done or like scariest? Thing? Oh man, mm-hmm. uh, I've done a lot of really dangerous stuff, but just last year I, I did a gainer, which is like a forward moving backflip off of around an eighty five to ninety foot cliff. And it was the dumbest thing I've ever done. Like it was totally reckless. I was standing at the top and I was like, man, I thought this is like 60 feet. This is like 90 feet. And, uh, everything went fine, but because of the impact and I was also wearing slippers, like an idiot, um, uh, the, one of my shoes. So when you are doing high dive, which I do like high dive shows and stuff. So it's not that out of the normal for me to do something like this but i usually don't go above 70 feet because you start to hit terminal velocity and it's like 50 miles an hour when you hit the water basically so you have to be a perfect pencil and one of my feet instead of being pointed was flat and so the impact actually brought my leg up all the way up to here as i hit the water when you see in the video it looks like an absolute perfect landing except one of my feet was flat and it like I, I don't know if I tore my ACL or what happened, but my knee hasn't been the same since. And I actually had to clear like a bunch of rocks and stuff. And the only reason I didn't climb back down, cause there was no possible way to climb down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, we had to take it both there and then we climbed up as deadly rock climbing. Probably that was the most dangerous. Then you ever some... think of uh, trying out for the Olympics? Uh, no. <laughs> There's none of the sports that I do in the Olympics. What, what about just regular diving? Uh, I'm not a diver. Uh, like I'm like an extreme sports guy that can do high dives. I don't X have games? good form or anything like that. Uh, X Games doesn't have scooter. Uh, that, that's just otherwise that's your, I would have. That's your main uh, sport or whatever. Yeah, yeah, just scooter and uh, trampoline wall and. Do they have scooter uh, races where like everybody races around the track at the same time? No, kind of. That'd be cool. Um, like there's, we had like one event and this is funny cause I, I've actually wanted to put on an event like a scooter race. There was one race ever. And it was basically this like 
it's at this place called Claremont skate park in San Diego. And there's basically like, it's like a mega ramp course, basically to say the least. It's like the first jumps, like 25 feet, the second jumps, like 30 feet or 20, 20 feet or something like that. I don't know. It's like huge jumps. And we basically were racing. like, you know, you know, what would be um, super dangerous though. I was gonna, I was gonna say, you know, it'd be a cool. Maybe, maybe somebody's already thought of this, but is there like a school where like you can teach kids like how to do extreme sports or like even adults? Yeah, I used to like teach Taekwondo at Woodward for for X sports. Yeah, yeah. So there's a place called Camp Woodward. I used to teach there actually. Oh. Um, yeah, kids pay ridiculous amount of money to go ride with all the pros, and then Woodward brings in the pros, and we get to like we usually have like a cabin. I would have a cabin full of like 12 kids, which was a nightmare, but, uh, yeah. So cool. they would get to stay with like the, the kids get to like pick out their favorite pros that they want to stay in a cabin with. And we teach them for like a whole week. Yeah. yeah. So there's classes and I've done like private lessons used to be like my bread and butter. I would go basically my business model was go to the skate park and give my business card to all the moms at the skate park <laughs> i made pretty good money doing that but it's a uh, teaching kids is a lot on your body because you kind of have to show them an example you know right. and you start to realize the amount of reps you're doing um sorry there's like a freaking fighter jet flying right outside my window right now hold on you gotta see this i don't know if you can see that but it's like landing oh, right yeah. i don't know if you can is it a hair crazy mm. I don't know. There's this like airport, like right here and all these fighter jets keep landing and I'm obsessed with fighter jets. So I'm just seeing fighter jets land over and over all day. It's pretty cool. Uh, well, you, you know, yeah, I was in the Navy about. for 10 years and uh, I was on, Oh, nice. I was on a, uh, LH. Thank you for your service. Uh, well, I, whenever people say that, I'm like, well, you don't know what I did. <laughs> if you knew what I did, you might take that back. But uh, so I was on an LHD. It's like a Gator freighter. We carried the Marines and we carry yeah. um, carry helicopters, but we also carry the Harrier jet, which is the jet that can take off and land like a helicopter. Those things yeah. are super loud. Actually, that's it's funny. On my channel, um, uh, I started that in like 2006, and like originally I was like posting like Navy videos on there, and then I started getting into like well, then I started doing beer reviews, and then I had a, I started I moved it to a whole another channel, which is still there. If you go to youtube.com slash chads beer reviews all 1000 episodes are still there and then um i was doing like i wanted to be like like a nostalgia critic or angry video game nerd one of those guys and i started like doing vlogs yeah. like, about like batman comics and, and stuff and then when i started doing um i because i worked in it as my day job when i got out of active duty and um it's, I mean, it's kind of a long story, but uh, so when I moved to my current place here in Sanford, Florida, um, I got a job f for Microsoft and I did it for like four months. And I just hated it. It was so boring. And like, even though they trained us, I had like no idea what I was doing. And uh, so I just, one day I just quit. And then I started doing, I had already been doing Uber like on the weekends, like just for kicks basically. Cause I was so bored. Yeah. Um, and I started doing that again. And then, I don't know how, but just somebody said, like, you should try doing Instacart and DoorDash. You don't have to give people rides. So I signed up for that and I started doing it. And I was like, oh, this is so much better. No, no strangers yeah. in my car. And I was making like, clean it. 
Yeah, I was making like double the money and driving like a quarter of the mile. Um, but anyways, we should we should get back to like uh, gig work. Um, so like, you know, you mostly dash in Vegas, but if you go on the road, you'll dash out there too? Or do you only do it like yeah. where you live? So you no, can- I, like I when I was in California a few weeks ago uh, in LA, mm-hmm. I did some DoorDash. Just mm-hmm. like uh, I'm definitely not doing enough DoorDash to make like enough like to get by anymore. Um, mostly right. kind of relying on YouTube now. Um, but yeah, I'll do it. Like my whole thing is like casual dashing. You know, do orders on the way. So like when I'm living in Vegas and I have to go to the mail place every single day and mail out shoe orders, I will try to get an order on the way to the post office and then from the post office to the gym and then from the gym and back home. And that's basically like the theme of like my uh, videos is just trying to make it as convenient as possible. And I usually make like 20 to $50 depending on how much just by doing my normal daily chores. Yeah. So that you don't have like empty miles, you know, I wish exactly. I wish DoorDash had like how Uber and Lyft. You know, Uber and Lyft they have a destination mode. Like if you're going home or whatever, you only want rides going in that direction. I wish DoorDash that be, had that. That would be amazing, actually. The problem is like the zones are so small. That. There isn't much point, I guess. Yeah, it's really weird. You What's know, because the, they've uh, had that for a while, right? And I'm surprised DoorDash doesn't have that. Uh, they probably don't have it just because like geographically the zones are so small. Uh, yeah. Like, but Uber doesn't have zones. Like you can just turn it on just keep driving and driving, driving, go wherever you want. Um, and Instacart, they have zones, but um, like I'm seeing orders for like stores that are like an hour away from me. Like that. I know like they, they don't show you a map of the zone anymore. They used to, but anyway, um, so door dashing in Vegas um do you only do it like during the day like you don't you're not like doing dinner rush on friday saturday sunday um or are you and like what's that like? um let's see so when i was doing full-time dashing like but for example at the beginning of quarantine when my whole show tour got canceled uh i like was scrambling i was like oh shit like i invested a bunch of money into this tour that is now not happening like i had to buy insurance for the acrobats right investing into the ramps and like the equipment the lighting and all this stuff i dropped almost like 10 grand onto a tour that just didn't exist anymore because of covid and i had no income like i invested i was like i'm gonna get like all this money coming in i was gonna make more money than i've ever seen in my life and it was like a hundred grand just poof gone you know it's supposed to be like around 120 grand for like a few months of like we had 23 shows booked which is like really good money and then it just disappeared out of nowhere and i was like oh man like what am i gonna do for money and i just thank god i had doordash and i was like all right i'm gonna get back on this and then started doing the daily dash where i just dash every day and i like i was like maybe people would like I, I don't know. I feel like my philosophy on money and like reinvesting back into yourself. And like, I feel like people would want to watch that, you know? And then I guess a lot of other people were in the same boat that I was in. Like people probably lost their jobs and stuff and were door dashing. So I started, I was like, do it eventually turned into mostly doing the door dash for the videos. 
and I would do like a few, few orders every day. But before that I was trying to make 70 to a hundred dollars every day to get by. And I don't know where I'm going with this, but eventually I saw how much miles I, I did a calculation, a video calculation. I did a video where I, I calculated how much miles I had driven, how much I had devalued my car, which I bought this really expensive Ford Explorer for, I think it was like $42,000 because I was going to need to drive around the country and missing a show because of a car problem would have cost me five to 10 grand, depending on how much the show paid, which was a consequence I was not willing to take. So I had to get this really expensive car that now I didn't need anymore. I was now just putting miles on it. And I realized I had devalued my car more than I had make, made money on DoorDash. So mm. it's essentially a gigantic waste of time. What's the, like, uh, I like to say it's like running up an escalator going the opposite direction. You know, Sometimes that escalator is going too quick and you're not making up any time. What, what would you say is like the average paying order where you are? Mm, I don't accept anything under seven. But, uh, I'd say seven. Okay. Yeah. That's, I, I don't know what, what's going on lately. I mean, cause I've been doing these gig jobs full time for, you know, coming on three years now. And I've noticed that, and especially post COVID, but even before COVID is that people, they just seem to be getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper customers. I mean. And like, you know, because we can see on DoorDash, Instacart, pretty much every platform except Postmates, um, you can basically, you can either outright see the tip or you can at least get an idea of what the tip is. I've just noticed that like post-COVID, like people are just getting cheaper and cheaper with their tips. Is it just me or have you found that out there too? Yeah, I think so too, because people are starting to DoorDash more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Like if you were a guy who went out to a bar, like once in a blue moon, you might tip your server pretty well. But right. if you are going every single day and you're ordering five beers a day and you keep signing that check, eventually you're going to get down. I'm just going to give them a dollar. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's sort of what it turns into. So many people are ordering so often that they just become accustomed. They're like, Oh, well I only tipped the guy $2 yesterday. Well, I'll get my food if I only give him $2 and then, the more they ordered, the less they tip. Mm-hmm. That's just like human nature. I feel like people start to cut costs on things. They realize how much money they're spending on DoorDash, which is essentially like it. It I don't know. You don't need DoorDash. You know, it's yeah. like a privilege to have it. So it, it it does add up. I mean, they have the monthly. It's it's you're basically robbing Peter to pay Paul. Where you the door? I think it's called Dash Pass. You pay like ten dollars yeah. a month, and then they waive your delivery fees and and things like that. So it's like you're, it's, it, and it actually it's a totally psychological thing. So it's like, you know, I'm waiving, you know, uh, hey, I'm not paying five dollar delivery fee, but I'm only using this once a month. So you know, those those fees and certain yeah. taxes and other fees add up, plus the tipping the driver. And uh, I actually do use the Dash Pass, and I try to order DoorDash probably once a week. Um, and just and I've I've never found any driver who like puts like half the effort in that I do. Like I don't I don't know how you do it. I have to I don't know if you've ever done a video on this, like showing like kind of like a, a ride along or Dan Life type video. Um and I don't know if you've seen any of my videos, but I sh- like when I'm doing DoorDash or Instacart, any of those, I always message the customer like, 
you know, I'm on my way. Um, if I'm multi-apping and I'll say there could be other stops on this route, things like that. Um, do you, so I guess like, have you ever used DoorDash as a customer? And if so, what's your experience been like and how would you compare yourself to other drivers in your area? Um, well, I'm probably not the greatest Dasher, but I don't eat people's food and I will always be on time. I don't really communicate with customer. I used to, but now I'm at like 3000 orders now. And like, I don't know, I'm just getting lazy with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't use a hot bag most of the time. So I'm probably not the greatest Dasher to be honest. Um, probably <laughs> one of the quickest though. And I'm usually too busy, like talking to the camera to, uh, to call the customer and let them know it's going to be late or any of that stuff. Yeah. So, but have you used DoorDash as a customer? Yeah, only a few times though. Um, and I think I've used DoorDash a total of probably five times ever. Oh, and really? Postmates, Postmates twice. One of them was a horrible experience. I think two of them were horrible experiences. And I used Uber Eats once, and or no, twice. And both times the driver stole my food. <laughs> so I was like. I'm done with this freaking Uber app. And then I used Postmates once and they screwed up the entire, like I was, it was for a show. I was doing like catering. Uh, I like basically got food for everyone in the cast, which was like a $200 subway order. And all of the sandwiches came back like basic, like they didn't come back with any of the like requirements, people like no cheese or any of that stuff. They're just basic like turkey sandwich. Like what the heck? Like it must've been the driver that ordered them at the time or something. So that was yeah. bad experience. I've only had good experiences on DoorDash though. Yeah, uh, I, every I, single I time. I did, I did Postmates briefly and I hated it. And I, there's still two videos on my channel about it. And because I found like Postmates and it was, it's I, as far as I know, it's still this way. I mean, it's going away now, but it's like, it seemed like 90% of the orders were order and pay. And it's like, what's the point? It's like, DoorDash and Uber Eats, it's, you just order, you, know, you don't have to order, you just make the delivery. It's so much nicer. Um, yeah. But yeah, I agree. Anyway, um, what's like, what's the neighborhood like where you uh, dash? Is it safe? I imagine probably uh, I would where say you it's safe. Yeah. Well, I had a gun pulled on me in North Vegas. Uh, I don't go there under any circumstances anymore. Um, and there was another incident where I basically saved this kid's life who was essentially getting killed by this guy. Um, so I just stay away from that area now. Those are both towards like North Vegas. Uh, the area I live in now is the most south area of Las Vegas. It's basically like where all the horse ranches are and stuff. So right. I would say it's like a pretty conservative, like rich area. Um, so it's a great area to deliver and stuff i don't feel unsafe at all in my neighborhood at all and i don't go anywhere else nice so i i only dash when it's convenient for me so i'm not dashing full time i just remember looking at i have this app called life 360 that shows me where i drove all day and i just remember looking at it at the end of the days when i was doing full-time dash all over the place i was like that's a lot of dead miles that i'm driving yeah yeah, I used to so, use the mileage tracker app, and yeah, and at the end of the day, it was funny to see that. But I just, I just reset the odometer when I leave the house, and then when I come back, 
that's how many miles I drove. I don't I need to see exactly where I was and when. Plus, I have a dash cam. So if I ever needed to say or show like an alibi, like I was here at this date and this time, you know, it's plus, I mean, our phones are tracking us anyway. So, um, yep, everywhere we go. Do you have a really memorable, like, um, like maybe greatest delivery ever, or just like really like a favorite customer that you see all the time or, you know, something positive and uplifting about DoorDash? Uh, I've delivered to a lot of famous people. Um, really? Uh, Skippy Mike. Uh, no, I've, let's see. I've delivered to Pamela Anderson's son, forget his name, but, uh, probably like four times. Uh, there's this comedian. I cannot remember his name though. It's not Eddie Murphy. It's Eddie something. He's like a black comedian. Oh, um, I know who you're talking about. Eddie, um, Griffin. Eddie Griffin. I've delivered yeah. to Eddie Griffin like six times too. And Eddie knows me by name and everything now. At his house so, or like out of a hotel? No, at his house. He lives oh. in like this like double gated community in like West Vegas. Oh, cool. Um, a lot of, yeah, I've delivered to like a lot of like celebrities and stuff. Uh, I try to only deliver to like the rich area. So like, yeah, yeah. you find that yeah, you're delivering to a lot of famous people. I've never, uh, yeah, I've never had anything close to that here. There's definitely where I live is, the craziest mixture of, well, not geography, but um, demographics is that we have like all in the same zone is like trailer parks, like inner city hoods, like a downtown area, really hipstery area. Um, and then, you know, super rich mansion gated communities where people have McLarens and Lamborghinis in the garage. Damn. And I've delivered all of that, although I can tell like on the map, um, where the bad neighbor like it, you know because like you can see where you're going and i almost never take those deliveries because well first of all those people almost never tip so i'm not i'm not driving 10 miles and yeah. three dollars no thank you um unless it's like yeah. part of a, a multi-app route or like you know every once in a while they actually do tip pretty nice and um i really i try to work only during the day it's like once the sun goes down um well i, I just can't see so <laughs> um, yeah how's your vision I have 2020 vision. It's perfect, actually. I'm pretty blessed. Wow. You're nice. Uh, That's nice. Yeah, it. I find that uh, it's been like getting. It takes a little bit longer to focus on things, and I think it's because of how much video editing I do. And I find that I'm like looking at, trying to get like the little like slices in the perfect places, lining up with the music and stuff. And then I'm like, oh, stop looking so close to the screen. It's like screwed up my vision. Yeah. But other than that, I can like, I can read the signs from place like half a mile away you know so uh, i wish i had that vision i was gonna get laser but they said you'd probably still have to wear reading glasses and i was like what's the point then? yeah <laughs> what's the uh what software do you use to edit videos and make your thumbnails final cut. uh final cut and then photoshop for thumbnails okay They're pretty yeah. basic thumbnails though just a picture of me with words next to it yeah you know what it's I would I spent the last month or so redesigning all my thumbnails because I was I'm trying to like turn YouTube into a career. I mean, I, I still got a long way to go, but um, it's like those evergreen videos, like you know, like your um, cheat code videos, like where people are just still watching it every day. And yeah, um, like my Instacart videos, they're meant to be evergreen, so that, you know, like because a lot of them are training videos, which actually I'm gonna 
remake this entire summer if, if I ever get around to it. Um, and I like so I was going back and redoing all the thumbnails and watching like you know there's whole YouTube channels which is ironic whole YouTube channels that teach you how to be good at YouTube, you know, and yeah, like, even just your like apparently faces and big letters like how your thumbnails are like are like the most eye-catching although um like bright colors a lot of your thumbnails are pretty dark because you're in your you're in your car but apparently yeah. bright colors big letters and human faces is what attracts viewers yeah and you gotta make like dumb faces <laughs> yeah I, i've been wanting to record me filming my thumbnails for a while i think that'd be hilarious like mm -hmm. Yeah. Making stupid faces. <laughs> I'm a professional selfie taker. No one knows it. I used to do my thumbnails in my editing software, but it's such a pain. And then I realized you could just do them in PowerPoint and it's so much easier. I mean, PowerPoint obviously isn't um, Photoshop or whatever, but yeah. Did, did it take you a long time to learn how to use those soft, that software? Uh. Well, I've been editing videos since I was 14 years old, mm. and I learned Photoshop when I started my first business, which was a photography business. Uh, I learned it pretty quickly because I had booked a gig to basically take photos for Razor, and they were, uh, I was like, uh-oh, I better learn how to do Photoshop real quick. So I took mm -hmm. a few courses online, and then that was it. It didn't take too long. Definitely takes a long time to get efficient at it, but with what I'm doing, I could do it in like it only takes me a minute to make my thumbnails pretty quick. And I'm really, really fast at video editing. I've definitely edited like 3,000 videos at least. Wow. Yeah, I still use my old, it, well, I got it like 10, 12 years ago. It was originally Sony Vegas, and then they've, it's kind of morphed over the, the time and it, it keeps coming out like with different names now it's just called like movie studio 14.0 now and um it's got the basics of what i need i mean i would love to like one of these days sit down and like learn adobe premiere or final cut or something but and i actually tried that once like five years ago and it was just like there's so many options and i'm like i don't know what to do so i was like i'm just gonna stick yeah. with what i know yeah like, when you have i was to take filming... a class and how to do it yeah when i was like filming razor commercials and stuff uh, I would use Adobe Premiere because I would get way more intricate with the editing and the colors and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But once I switched over to YouTube and I was doing like daily videos, Final Cut renders as you edit. So it's just much more efficient and it gets, it has everything you need to get by. There's wow. barely anything you can do. That, That's on I a mean, Mac. there's a lot of stuff that you could do. Yeah, it's on a Mac. It's okay. only on Mac. Okay. It's the Apple program. Um, it's like the updated, upgraded. <laughs> iMovie. Yeah, I like just all my equipment lining up so I have everything Apple. Do you watch any YouTube channels related to DoorDash or just gig economy in general? None. Oh, okay. No. I'm like, uh, I, I watch the only guy that I would say I watch sometimes is uh, U, UDM. I don't know his actual name, but uh, uh, I watch him. Yeah, I love UDM. <laughs> He's uh, not too far from me, actually. Just, yeah, just because he like... Uh, he is more like diversifying with his like money and stuff. The other guys, like, uh, I just can't get into. For one, I don't really enjoy door dashing. I, I like. Uh, I think I just respect UDM's like uh, production level that he puts into his videos and stuff. 
So he, yeah, he's probably the only guy that I'm subscribed to that's a DoorDash driver or anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I've watched like a few of Bentley's videos or when people are like, can you like comment on what this guy said? And I'll like click on their video, but I don't know. Like I watched this guy, Pete the other day, I forget his, what his channel's called, but it was like the worst production quality in a video. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Yeah. And like, I was like, I can't watch this. He's got a freaking a window behind him. Like, I know it's like, that's the, like, the first rule is that the lighting is in front of you, not behind you. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if that guy even crazy. works anymore. I think he just does YouTube videos and like, I, I can't, I can't take anybody seriously. I, I mean, I don't want to see even just getting into, I'm going to start a war with some other channels, but without naming names, but there are people who like, they just make YouTube where they just comment on like the, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with like commenting on like the news of the industry, you know, yeah. but like they don't actually, they maybe they did at one time work in this industry, but now they do something else. And it's like, well, you're not, you're not like in the trenches, like with us, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. So that's why I try to do the daily dash. So I'm like more relatable because I'm doing the yeah. door dashing right then and there and i actually enjoy door dashing most times you know like it's like a i work in my office at my house a lot and it's like kind of like an escape for me you know like mm-hmm. like get away from the computer stop doing like the website design and stuff and go like uh get out of the house you know and go to the gym and stuff so yeah. my whole like theme of my channel is basically me drive to the gym and do that's, my errands throughout the day that's that's how i am is like one of the reasons I like doing these jobs is because, and especially why I like doing Instacart more than DoorDash or, or any of those is because you're walking around and you get a lot of exercise and, um, you know, like I got my Fitbit and I can usually get, if I work a full eight hour day, I can usually get like at least seven to 10,000 steps just from doing Instacart alone. And, uh, you know, that's not counting like steps I get from working out and, and things like that there's been days where I've done like yeah. 20,000 steps. Like I'll go for a run in the morning and like that's 10,000 steps before I even leave the house. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. And there's been times like so I got that PPP loan a few weeks ago and basically I'm set until the end of the summer. I don't really need to work, but like if I'm sitting around the house, I'm bored. I'll go out like yesterday. I just work cause I was so bored. And even though I, I need to sit down here and start working on, making some scripted videos, but, um, I, I have this, you know, lineup of these, uh, these interviews. Like, I don't know if you saw the one I just did with Pedro the other day, and then, you know, I'm doing this one with you and I have a whole bunch of others lined up and, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's like doing a podcast. Like I think of this show, well, I was going to, I want to be like the Joe Rogan of, of gig tubers, you know, that's why I yeah. usually, usually I do it at night. I'm drinking a beer, but I'm drinking a, a monster energy drink. Cause it's, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon right now. So yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. I've been, uh, I've been, I've done a few interviews. I call it the dash cast, mm-hmm. uh, but I've been wanting to schedule more interviews, but I also have a podcast that I do, which kind of uh, is more fun for me because it's entertainment based and like entrepreneur based podcast. It's called the off access podcast. We mostly just do Spotify yeah. and iTunes, but I just restarted the YouTube channel. Um, so is it video uh, yeah. or audio? it's it's video it's mostly audio but yeah i 
because I had to start a new YouTube channel because my podcast was originally on my YouTube channel that turned into DoorDash stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were just kind of like the, I didn't, I was mixing the audiences too much. So I stopped doing the podcast on YouTube and it just put them on Spotify and iTunes, which actually pays better. So I was like, I don't know. It just made more sense to just put my efforts over there. And, but now that I have like, go ahead. Uh, sponsored. Yeah. Do you, do you have like a dollar shave club or a Casper mattress or MeUndies or anything like that? Uh, no. Uh, for like, uh, well, my whole thing is like, I try to only use my own brand. That's like, I don't know. A right. shoe sale. Someone buys shoes. I make a hundred bucks. So, uh, if I get three shoe sales a day, which is usually the average three to three to five or so, then like, I don't, need a sponsorship i don't want to promote other stuff um and that's it's called the off-axis podcast so it's based around my shoe company Mm -hmm. and like i interview our athletes and that kind of stuff so uh no i don't really want any sponsors i do an ad for anchor which is the podcast platform and they pay i believe it's like i think it's like two pennies per view or something like that which is pretty good uh, okay. But my YouTube channel is paying really well now too. So once yeah. you are consistent with the like tags of money, tips, business, and that kind of stuff, it starts to collect a higher like. Yeah, see, yeah. what's your, if you don't 1. mind me asking, four million views on what? On your my channel, channel, like if you click the about tab, it says join mm-hmm. January 29th, two thousand eight, one point four million views. 2008 damn i forgot i started so long ago yeah Yeah. i actually just went through and i cleaned out old videos oh yeah mine's like that too do you use a tube buddy or vid iq no i don't know what that is they're like seo enhancements i I started using tube buddy a few months ago and it definitely helps because like it'll show you like what tags to use and it'll actually show a rank and like you can auto sort them from like the high Hmm. it's great i mean there's a free version but if you and like there's different tiers and the you know obviously the more you pay the more perks you get um i yeah i I don't say it definitely helps and like there's one of the one of the premium tiers they let you do like a b tests with your thumbnails like it'll put one thumbnail up and leave it there for like a day and then it'll do another one and then whichever one gets more views like it knows like use that as a thumbnail um yeah like and there's like a whole music catalog although youtube does have free music on there which i actually just started using um but yeah i definitely recommend uh tube buddy that's that's what i've been using i can give you my referral code if you want <laughs> interesting yeah i'll totally check out tube buddy um uh yeah. hold on someone's knocking who is it Say what? oh i'm still mm-hmm. doing the interview I was, well, uh, we can wrap this up. We've been probably going about an hour anyway. So, okay. Um, you want to plug yeah, no your uh, social media, website, whatever? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it is my social media is Tanner Markley on everything. Mm-hmm. So, I don't do TikTok though. Uh, uh, Instagram, Tanner Markley. And then my footwear company is Off Axis Acrobatics. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's I'll it. Put- you could see our. Instagram. Our Instagram's pretty fun to follow because it's a bunch of crazy acrobats doing cool yeah. stuff. And I'll put then, links of course, to everything in the channel. description so people can just click on them and see. So, 
All right. Well, thanks for doing this interview and, uh, you know, good luck out there. Hope you don't get hurt doing that. I hope lifestyle. so too. I actually like bit my lip and my tongue the other day in the show. So that was kind of annoying. Do you wear a mouth guard like how boxers wear? I normally do. And it was the first show and I didn't wear a mouth guard that show. Mm. And, uh, I came up a little short on a flip. My handlebar hit my, uh, chin and I like, I don't know why, but my tongue and my lip got bit pretty hard and I was like bleeding oh. and your face right. heals, heals pretty quickly though. So. All right. Well, I will, I will keep watching you on YouTube. Um, so everybody, if you're watching me, check him out. Cause, uh, he's got a lot more views. Yeah. And if you're in the Reno area and you want to see an awesome circus show, it's called Viva Le Cirque. Yeah. V-I-V-A-L-E-C-I-R-Q-U-E. And that's at the Grand Sierra Resort. We're here till like July 1st, I believe. Well, if you ever so come to are, Disney World in like Orlando, if you're coming to Disney World, let me know because that's, you know, I'm right up the road from there. So sweet. Yeah, they have Cirque Soleil at Disney World. Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't know that. I used to give Cirque du Soleil course. doesn't exist right now. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know what's going on with Disney. I, I haven't got down that way in a long time, but all right, we're going super long. If you watch all the way to the end, you are awesome. Thanks for watching and I'll see you later. Bye. Cool. Thanks. Yep. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Chad will be back Sunday with his co-host Hannibal, discussing the latest news, trends, and viral posts from the delivery and rideshare sectors of the gig economy. Until then, keep hustling.